Welcome to the Sacred Window Podcast. My name is Christine Devlinek. The Sacred Window refers to the tender, magical, and remarkable weeks following the birth of a baby. A birth giver is forever changed. Recognizing that this time is too often overlooked and misunderstood in our modern culture, we're setting out to be part of a voice for change and growth. We're growing awareness and broadening the reach of conscious postpartum care. Our podcast features friends and colleagues as interviewers. We're a loving community united by a common passion to change the paradigm of postpartum care to one that honors women, birth givers, babies, and families. We're glad you're here. And I will never be the same. Hello, welcome to the Sacred Window Podcast. My name is Christine Eck. I'm the director of the Center for Sacred Window Studies. It is my very, very big pleasure to be here today with my friend, Natasha Mason. Um, Natasha is from Melbourne, Australia. She is a meditation teacher. She's a conscious postpartum caregiver and doula. And she is the founder of Nourish Melbourne, um, a health and well-being Um, organization and she has really grown her practice in the last year to include postpartum care Um, and Natasha and I have been exploring together the sort of significance of how we use the same principles in conscious postpartum caregiving as an really the foundational principles for handling so much in our lives Um, and, and I've been thinking about this so much recently, just about how this type of care, which really is so absent in the normal experience of people who are bringing children into the world and families, but how needed these types of principles are and just navigating, you know, becoming resilient in life and in navigating the different challenges, whether it's you know, COVID, whether it's, you know, just going through a transition in general, um, there's so much that overlaps. And I almost, this whole, you know, month, really, I've been thinking so much and curious about others and how are they experiencing aspects of sacred window being or care in just how they're experiencing life at this moment, because my guess is that everyone is sort of navigating some aspect of it. And so Natasha, I know that this past year plus, you've experienced different aspects of your life, events in your life, that this type of care has been particularly important for you. And I'm just so grateful to you for coming on to share with us and do some storytelling with us and and really kind of open up this idea of sacred window caregiving as just human caregiving that helps us access healing throughout all the different phases of our lives that are really unavoidable as humans. So thank you and welcome. Absolutely. Thank you, Christine. It's such a pleasure to be here with you and listening to you 
speak just now makes me realize, you know, before we started recording, you know, touching on what happened for me personally, but I think, wow, how I think universal mother principles and how we care for postpartum mothers is, I think it's applicable to now everyone every day, given where we are in the world as a collective and uh, how we're, we're healing and recreating after the past few years, especially. I feel like this is probably <laughs> something every family unit, every partnership, whether you're, you're living alone, whatever you do as um, your work or service, this is so applicable to everyone. You know, every day we can see how these principles are weaved in you know, in so many ways, whether we have children, whether it's caring for others, whether it's, you know, even talking to your neighbor. I think we can, we can bring so much of this into every day, no matter your personal circumstance. It's and so true. just listening to you, I thought, wow, this is not just about what I'm going to share today, but every day. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, you know, for those of you who are listening um, in our program, we talk about the universal mother principles as these sort of pillars of how to get good care. And they are simplicity, flexibility, compassion, listening, intuition, grounding, and non-judgment. Um, and I agree. I, it's almost like, you know, when we're putting together the curriculum, you know, those were sort of downloaded from somewhere and I literally apply them to everything. <laughs> yeah. It's like we need them stuck on our fridge or somewhere. Yeah. We see them yeah. every day. Tattooed. Wake up in the morning. Hey, this, let's take these into the day. How can I use these today? How can I be reminded of these today when I feel that reactivity or that stress building up and that, you know, whether it's even physically anxiety or in the other direction, feeling depressed and lonely, or if you're feeling well and thriving, how can you help someone else feel this today? Right. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, I know today we want to, you know, you asked me to share a couple of stories and should we start there? Yeah, I mean, I think it's your experience to me felt really poignant because you, you know, we had met and you were, you know, coming in with your meditation background and your wellness practice, but you were like really drawn to studying postpartum care specifically. Um, and while you were going through our program, you experienced the loss of your mother. And I remember you reaching out to me and basically kind of explaining, you know, I need to take a step back. This is, I'm going through this. I'm going to, yeah, I'd love for you to just kind of talk about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At that time, you know, when I lost my mom and, um, and she transitioned and we were in the midst, I think, of pretty much right in the middle of this, of the um, cohort and, and course with you. 
Um, I think, you know, it came from a place of deep understanding and awareness for me to very easily be able to say nothing else matters right now but what I'm experiencing and asking for care. Um, so that included reaching out to you and saying, hey, Christine, this has happened. I'm really hurting, you know. Um, it was such a, um, you know, because I also compared it to the time, you know, you think you, you always think you know what's coming, but you never really do. Having lost my father four years before my mother and thinking I've been there in the sense of losing a parent, but losing your mother, there really only is ever one mother. You know, that's just, and full stop, <laughs> always there is no, there is only one mother that brings you into the world. And so this really did, uh, whether it was it hit me or it was that I just felt it more deeply from losing my, my mother. And, you know, you can't compare one death to another, but it was very, very deeply felt. But I was also personally even in a more accepting space of my life, you know, in that four to five years, how I'd personally grown was very different from the time I lost my father. And so I immediately knew, you know, with that awareness, with more self-love for myself to say, I need to step back from everything. So that included telling you, hey, I need to take some space. It included telling my business partner, I need to take a few weeks away. Um, it included um, immediately reaching out to my closest friends and said, I, I need you all right now. You know, I need you all right now. And I had actually even um, anticipated, obviously, with um, I, we'd known for a, a week or a few days when my mother's health really declined. So we did know it was coming even before she passed, saying, I, I'm going to need you. So even before the fact to say, can you all just get together? <laughs> because when the time comes, you know, I might need this we might need some food just might need you to listen so it wasn't even just after the fact it was before saying you know i'm gonna need this support i know i will and and then i think you know and it was not even i think it was a few weeks and i took a few weeks away from everything study work um, any sort of commitments, I really just left my schedule open to rest, to rest, to eat really well, to get out in nature as much as I could, to be with my family. But then I think it was a few, maybe only, maybe it was the first live call I jumped back on in the course. It was with lovely Roshni and we're talking about, you know, uh, navigating grief and loss in the postpartum period and I thought oh wow what a what a call to be jumping back on after what's just happened and I just couldn't ignore how similar what Roshni was talking about 
and those principles and, and giving that care and what that that what grief and loss can look like in the postpartum time, but just thinking, oh, this is what I've just been through. <laughs> this is so similar. You know? And it's almost as if, you know, I never say, I think there's the word coincidence to me doesn't exist. <laughs> it's more, um, I call it a spiritual setup where the more aware we are, the more aligned we are that even before events happen, that support is there or that there's some knowledge that you're gaining before something happens. So it's like I had this awareness for a couple of months before losing my mum, having been on this course, having started that process of becoming embodied as a postpartum, conscious postpartum caregiver, but to know that did I know what was going to happen you know, a few months down the track, no, but I was ready. I was ready in terms of, you know, knowing how to ask for that help. And I was also ready because I was receiving this knowledge and I guess even through all the sessions, just that, that nurturing, that, um, you know, even across Zoom, it's so amazing how that energy and, and care you know, is absorbed and embodied. So it was no coincidence. It was, it was all meant to happen as it did. But I was very grateful to have that knowledge and prior and to know I could reach out for that support. I think it's so interesting, the sort of ultra-independence and hesitation that people in general have to asking for help or to sharing something difficult that's going on it's almost like we don't want others to know that something is wrong like there's and I, I don't even think it's almost a conscious decision it's just like almost this the first reaction is to sort of say I'm fine I don't need anything but what I think is so revolutionary is you knowing, having that, that intuition to call up your friends and say, I'm going to need you. I'm going to need this and this. And to me, that, that shows such strength and such appreciation for the transition that you knew that you were about to go through you know nevertheless the transition that your mother was going through but you knew for you like this is what this is what's going to happen and this is really important and I should not be by myself no absolutely not like you said it's a transition it was transition for my mother and a transition for myself and my siblings to know that now our parents have have passed from you know life on earth both to think wow we are it's us now it's a it's a new life knowing yourself as hmm, actually both of my parents aren't around anymore those conversations come up oh do your parents live close by where are they oh you know and then you 
when you're out loud saying, oh, they've both passed away, you know, to, to say that, wow, okay. You know, also moving into a new season yourself, just like in the postpartum time, it's another new layer of who we think we are, you know, coming out into the world. And I would imagine that it, that realization of the transition that has happened kind of hits you anew at different times. You know, it's like you potentially, you know, you think you've got it. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, oh, yeah. that's still there. It's like an aftershock <laughs> of, of, oh, yeah. 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 It's, um, mm, absolutely. It's, um, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's like riding a wave. <laughs> some, some parts are more intense than others, you know, peaks and troughs. And they, and they still are, but in a very different, um, felt very differently. But all I can recall, and I do remember it, I don't feel that anymore, but I can recall it. Um, never feeling such a, a deep pain almost in my chest and my um, solar plexus area, just this. It, <laughs> if you could describe it like someone's really giving you a good punch to that area never in my life had I felt that but the awareness around that knowing oh you know having awareness changes everything having self-love changes everything because we know what we are worthy of asking for and that we're worthy of asking for the help that we think we need but like you said earlier that is so hard on the human level it's so hard but on a human being level it's what we need to thrive you know and I think it comes from conditioning and if there's one thing I know that I'm here to do and it's a nice thing to really not just nice it's pretty incredible to know what you're here to do and that's a lot of the things I, I wish my mother could have felt for herself, but not asking for help, um, not, you know, feeling shameful about certain things in her life, um, feeling not for many, many years being able to accept her disease. You know, I was only eight years old when she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So from that time to now, I'm almost 37. This was a big, big part of my life, watching, you know, um, her physically, emotion in every way, feel like it was um, something done to her. And I thought, wow, this is, not, I, I'm here to change this for other women. I, I you know, I was there for, my mum in so many ways to just and not even having to say no don't think like that don't do that it was more if I just move towards becoming embodied in the way I wish other women to know what they deserve and that they can ask for help and that nothing is not worth talking about then just by doing that I hope she can feel that I love that yeah. I love that and I, I 
I feel that so much with what we're all doing with creating the care that we want to see in the world and letting it in itself expand and let it be seen by others, be felt by others. It seems like the most gentle and sustainable and yet potent way of creating the shift that we want to feel. And, you know, for, for, you know, those of you listening, when we talk about the sacred window, you know, the, you know, weeks after birth, you know, we see this expansion, this super um, naturally beautifully elevated air and ether elements, which create this wide open heart, the sort of subtle aspects of constitution become really, really heightened. And there's so much beauty in that. And yet there's also challenge that can come with it also when we're not aware that we can balance that naturally by creating some, you know, more earthy and watery qualities with our diet and our lifestyle and you know, so much of sacred window care is, is processing and sitting quietly and being able to integrate what has happened, like what we have just gone through, no matter what happened, it was big. And so being able to create that space to actually give acknowledgement and appreciation and integration and give the mind a chance to digest the senses a chance to digest and of course the body you know we're looking at more specific you know different as you said before we started the call like different physiological needs um but really what i see is this crossover is is the subtle needs of integration and love and Mm. sort of being able to be given the opportunity to do that. And when we kind of push through and just get back to, to life, we haven't left space for that, that to come together, you know, the events that we've gone through, the feelings that we're having, the need to be seen, like as humans, we're, we need each other, we need Mm. people to hear us, you know, I, just today had a beautiful conversation with someone I don't even know that well, but they, I could tell like they needed to share this really, really big thing. And it was was like, no, you can, you you can talk to me. It's okay. I can see that like, this is really important. And I thought about you actually in that moment. And I thought about this topic because I was like, wow, like we need one another to create that piece of healing. And so by calling our our people in, you know, by calling a doula in, by calling your friend after loss, by calling our brothers and sisters in as a family to mm-hmm. see each other and to hear each other. Um, that's how we heal. Yeah. Yeah, we need each other. And that's that change, you know, like we touched on earlier, it, it starts with us, you know, bringing about these qualities in our life, even when we're well. You know, because like you said, you know, I'm sure, and I'm sure you know this, even with the what you just shared about what happened today for you, 
that I'm sure that person energetically felt that I feel safe to, to share with you, you know. Um, I feel I can open up and imagine the more of us out there who bring that out into the world so that someone who really needs to connect and, and share and talk can feel who that person is, whether they know it or not, but spontaneously they're, they're drawn to say, maybe it's to you, Christine, and they say, hey, this happened to me and, and you're ready, you know, you're ready to receive and hold. And so, you know, this collective change starts at the individual level. And so, you know, even you can study postpartum, conscious postpartum caregiving, and it will give, so it's not just walking into a home of a newly born mother with a newborn, it is so much more. It's the kind of care we need, you know, this um, divine feminine energy that holds and nourishes and is also powerful in terms of boundaries, you know. It's a softness with a, you know, a kind of, uh, how do I want to describe it? A, a firm set of boundaries as such. And, you know, we have that, we can give the space. We need space. And I think in the modern world, it's every little minute of day is filled, you know, aside from talking about um, post-loss or grief or postpartum time. It's just... Why, why isn't there space? Why is, that, why is there the need to rush out and do things and be seen? You know, I think these are old ways that now need breaking down, dissolving. They're no longer relevant. And when you talked about space and integrating, I thought about um, a good way to visualise it. And I love a visual example or a, more of a practical example. Um, I thought about the snow dome, snow globes, you know, that you you buy whenever you go maybe traveling and you might buy a little snow globe and you shake them up and all the little bits of little white speckles flow out through this little dome but for and that's like what's happening in postpartum time post uh, loss you know the world has been <laughs> shaken up but for all of that to settle we need to put that snow globe snow dome down let it rest so everything can fall back in its time. And we can't speed up that time or slow it down. It, it just is. Right. All those pieces will settle back down to the bottom. It's mm. such a great analogy. And it actually is a project that my children have done in school. Right. They yeah. get these jars and they jars, fill yeah. and water. <laughs> yes. And it's a practice for them to like, Good mindful activity too, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I love that. I love that. And, you know, also another, I was driving along yesterday thinking about, you know, in in terms of meditation, you know, we're giving ourselves and the technique I teach, which is transcending, you know, that space for the body to just dissolve fatigue and stress and all the demands we carry around in order for us to then, you know, slowly and, um, just gradually start to reveal more of who we are, you know, that's been hidden and compacted because of these stresses. You know, another analogy, and I thought, oh, it's kind of like when, you know, to update our phones, you know, when they pop up with, oh, your phone's got the next version of something or the next version of Zoom or 
your computer needs the next software update. That all happens and it can only happen once the computer will shut down, it will shut down all the programs, it stops working, we cannot keep all the tabs open and keep going. We have to let it do its thing. It has to shut down, it has to stop and rest to install this you know, new way of being. So space is huge and that, that's really why prior to me coming to postpartum caregiving, conscious postpartum caregiving was teaching meditation because the lack of space and the overwhelming demands on our lives you know, right now are just huge. And, you know, to be able to even teach um, to soon-to-be mothers, that's now really amazing. You know, I'm just, I've just taught a mother who's due to give birth in uh, have her second in maybe a week or two. She said, I'm ready and I need to be able to give myself this gift to create the space. I said, if you're ready, I'm ready. You know. What does it look like for you? How did your meditation practice, your personal practice, mm -hmm. shift when you were going through that sort of time out of time? You mean postpartum time for me personally, or? I'm thinking the, about, you know, your more recent, you know, the yeah. challenging parts mm. of this past year. How did you feel, like, how did it look for you and what was supportive to you? It, you know what? It was simply continuing the practice, um, showing up daily, knowing that it is the most important thing I can do in order for my capabilities to be in full, I guess, um, awareness of their own, meaning knowing how to ask for help, knowing that what I'm feeling is not to do with who and what I am. It's a passing event that I can feel and that, that whatever speed it happens at for me is right. There's no right or wrong. There's no... You know, all you must, if you lose a parent, you be grieving for years. Who says? Or, oh, you, you look like you're doing so well. It's only been a couple of months. Is that a bad thing? Is that wrong? No. <laughs> Full acceptance to know, you know, just by showing up every day to give myself that space. And it, it goes for any time. This is a daily thing for me, you know, every day. It's the best thing to do in order to be a fully aware of not just who we are but what we are and that we are you know nature's intelligence that is all around us and nature just knows so how good is it to be in a space where when you know what you need you just do it you just ask the flowers don't ask permission from one another to bloom or not to bloom the trees don't ask permission one another to drop their leaves and be bare naked <laughs> through now what is for us the winter months or they don't ask to then you know uh, grow those leaves again they just do it just do it mm. Mm. but yeah that's why meditation for me has and I know you know that is why I had you know continually refining my awareness brought me to, you know, now everything in my life is entirely intuitively felt and decided upon. 
you know, it's not, I wouldn't even say it's logical, a bit of logic sometimes is needed, but it's intuitive more so when making a decision. So when it was, oh, wow, witnessing what was going on around me, new mothers, whether they were friends or friends of friends, but I felt like, what is going on? Why is, I felt, you know, I first went through having my firstborn seven years ago and I thought, well, I didn't feel like that. Yeah, I had moments, but I just don't remember such a concentration of these types of events. Someone telling me, oh, my friend has postpartum depression or even psychosis or why is this happening? Why is this happening? You know, and there's just so much expectation. Again, you can draw the line with, yeah, uh, dealing with loss of a loved one after that event, but an expectation to be a certain way to, like I said earlier, you might work, you know, you should be grieving for years. Well, who says? <laughs> Doesn't mean I don't feel, but I'm very aware. And because I'm taking care of my well being, I can more swiftly process what's going on whether that is in the postpartum time, how can we feel that, you know, even physic from the physical recovery to just feeling mentally stable, emotionally supported, knowing you can ask again, uh, part, uh, uh, after following loss and death, you know, knowing you can ask, knowing whatever you're feeling is okay and it's perfect for you. It's so beautiful to, I mean, to listen to you. I think that, you know, earlier I heard you say that awareness is everything. And, you know, what I'm listening to you talk about now and, you know, what's going through my head is giving ourselves the opportunity to connect very closely with what the path is for us. I think so much of, you know, the clutter that we're, experiencing and receiving on a daily basis is filled with ideas and expectations and and other people's stuff that we apply onto ourselves with this pressure to be or to not be anything but who we actually are and so you know what I'm hearing and seeing and, and really relating to is the ability to connect with what that is and love exactly what that is and it's sort of like in Ayurveda we're we're acknowledging that everyone's got our own constitution and we have something that's just perfect Mm. for us we have what we have brought in and we have you know how we balance the input coming in around us and for each of us it's like a very specific beautiful recipe that's all its own so being able to really kind of honor that and and you know i tell people and I you know work and I know that you do too with working with people in meditation but for a postpartum practice for an everyday practice like having that a breath awareness or or time and space that you give to letting everything else go and just getting quiet with ourselves is life-changing for being able to identify what it is that we actually need in the moment and being able to really yeah I mean it's just yeah it's so beautiful yeah Yeah, that awareness yeah it just enables us to be able to you know as I say to my students with our eyes open to 
meet that demand that's coming our way that we're experiencing or about to experience with full, stable, present moment awareness. It's all we need. I say it's all we need, but that's why we, we meditate to get better at doing that when we're not sitting down with our eyes closed to when we're doing life. This is what it's about. Right. Can right. we meet that demand? That's what is perceived as stress because, you know, any stressor is really external to us. Uh, sorry, what I meant to say, it's, it's internally felt it's not external to us. You know, there's no such thing as a stressful event rather than how it's how we respond to it right how we respond to it so yeah with with the growth in awareness then yeah of course we're more aware of and and knowing that we like i touched on earlier we deserve to ask for help you know and we deserve to feel you know um that we're receiving the best when i say the best the best that whatever that is at the time for you the best care the best emotional support you know we are entitled to and worthy of that and it's our birthright to ask for that but yeah it's 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 going to take some time and it's it comes from conditioning and like I said you know if I if it was let's say you know going into the world and taking on the way my mother would you know not emotionally speak out not um ask for help not you know and feel that shame and guilt and close it in and if I was to continue doing that then I'm not really serving my purpose here so it takes some you know it takes for us to uh, say no that's you know, with full respect to our parents and those before us, we're going to change the way it's been done. We are going to talk more. We're going to ask for help. You know, it's an old way and we're done with that. And that's what I had to decide. And like I said, it was something I realised, I think that's what I'm here to do. Mm. And speaking of what I'm here to do, um, interestingly enough, um, my mother had me at, 41 she was 41 years old she had my brother and sister already who were 17 and 15 years old and I came along <laughs> so clearly not uh planned I mean obviously many pregnancies births aren't planned but definitely not anywhere in her awareness and my father's awareness to be bringing another child into the world but um and the funny part is my brother now, and he still tells me how, he said, you know, mum thought she was getting fat. She thought she was putting a weight. She started walking everywhere. And him being a 17-year-old boy said, I don't think so, mum. And the reason that all happened that way, my mum thought she'd been already going through early menopause or pre-menopause and um, perimenopause. And so that, you know, how could that happen? You know, she, he would, and my sister reminds me, yeah, she thought she was getting fat, <laughs> walking around, oh, my tummy's growing. And then sure enough, that was me. And by that point, she was four to five months pregnant with me. Wow. Wow. And so, you know, I think, yeah, we know, we know that 
souls choose their parents and you know where they're going to land and and it's yeah, it's no coincidence and I thought wow well I know and that makes it very easy for me to know that's what I'm here to do mm. and embody that which she felt she couldn't or never had the opportunity to yeah it's so beautiful what you're doing and the awareness that you're bringing to your work and that you've brought to your family story yeah you and I were talking earlier about another experience that you had before you started studying with our program and how you know, you had an unexpected pregnancy and you had a termination of that pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And you and I were talking about the poignancy of consciously making that decision and consciously giving yourself the care that you needed and then flowing into this program and then experiencing the loss of your mom. And I just think that that powerful journey that you have been on has so many threads of continuity Mm. through it Mm -hmm. and I would love for you to share what that you know some of what that felt like and looked like for you Mm. well on the uh I guess just the aspect of falling pregnant when that wasn't the plan um, because my two children that I do have and have given birth to were very well planned, consciously conceived, and if you want to say that. So, yeah, th- this was a, a very big shock. Shock, and we all know what shock feels like. It's um, that's where some of the, or maybe all of the senses really, or that knowing is like, wow, actually, I for a very short period and when I say short period it was 24 to 48 hours after finding this out not knowing what do I do I don't know what to do I don't when being someone who I've like I said I I know what to do intuitively I, I don't need to look outside for the answers it's nice to obviously know and ask friends and family about all sorts of things to find out their experiences but in this case I was really like scratching my head as I am now what what do I do is it is this a do I have I have to do this now through my mind was oh my god I just couldn't couldn't see myself pregnant time again I even thought gosh nine months it could be like breastfeeding again this that everything just imagine this and we know how thoughts go at some ultra fast speed everything going through mine what am I to do what am I to do um I was even trying to find like who can I speak to who maybe they had two children then unexpectedly fell pregnant they go through with it or not what I wanted to find (laughs) so I was trying to almost have this list of pros and cons but very very quickly swiftly very similarly to that time and and what I felt after losing my mom, which was, I mean, after this particular event, 
I could process that a lot faster because of, I guess, that resilience that was there from a lot of, from all that meditation practice. I got through that to the other end where I could see clearly and go, I know what I need to do here. As I said, when we, before we jumped on, you know, um, you read or see a lot about women sharing stories about miscarriage or early pregnancy loss, which, as we know, you know, we cannot compare to a termination. One is spontaneous and the other is a clear choice by us as an individual to say, I do not wish to continue with that rather than I didn't want that to happen, you know, and having a loss when clearly that wasn't the intention. And so, you know, I've never spoken about it past my close circle of friends until now, which I feel I am because it's not spoken about. I believe that, you know, that, and this is my belief, you know, so for anyone listening, I, I hope, you know, that we just become established and trusting of whatever our beliefs are and to know that whatever it is, whatever that is, that that is right. Because there's actually no right or wrong. It's whatever's right for you. So I quickly came to that point knowing that I physically wasn't feeling ready to go through pregnancy and, and birth. I emotionally didn't have the space. You know, I being in that just well, actually we're still let's call it COVID time and lockdowns and here in Melbourne thought you know what's most important here it's actually me first relationship with my husband and my two children who are here already and I just said I, I don't have anything else any more that I can give now we can say we have this infinite amount of love to give <clears throat> But again, that's only right if that's right for you. What was right for me at that time was to say, this is, this is my capacity and I'm at capacity. And following that, you know, to make the decision to terminate the pregnancy, um, you know, which I am grateful for the ease at which we have the choice here in Australia and in the state that I live, that it, um, you know, you don't even need to visit a, a doctor or general practitioner. There are services and places, um, spaces in place to support you in, in all aspects from obviously the physical to the time after. And yeah, having, you know, and making that choice, but also again, when I made that choice, I went through <laughs> what I would say is that time where I needed friends I needed close support I needed you know from the physical like I need this food I need this type of food I know who to ask I need to talk to a friend on on most days you know just to sound out what I was feeling to share without judgment so they could receive without judgment um and then it was only a few weeks later that this, the cohort started with sacred window studies. Again, no coincidence. 
this all kind of wove together and melted together. I'm like, oh, wow. But even before, because, you know, I feel like the past, present, future, it's all happening in this moment that I had already anticipated before even learning on an intellectual level of what it is to consciously give postpartum care. I sought that out before even knowing that on the intellectual level, I need some food (laughs) for this many days. um, I will go get, you know, uh, holistic health treatments, acupuncture, whatever I need, massage. Um, I will, you know, take some, take a step back from whatever work it was at the time, which I did. This is why all these parallels I I then drew with after the loss of my mother, you know, stepping back from work. Um, I stepped back from social media pages, as we know, that's very consuming, but, and I did, I hopped back on at that point. I said, I've just been through a very big personal event. I didn't, I never shared there what it is. By now with you, I felt ready to. So never shared at the time. I just said something big personally to me is I've just been, you know, um, trying to find my way through it. So that's why I wasn't here on that space. And so I did, I stepped back and made more space. I asked for help. Um, I have all the people around me who were completely supportive. They were able to listen without judgment. And if I did ever ask for advice, especially, like I said, in that first 24 to 48 hours, which were very, I was actually, even my body was in a state of, while my mind was almost relatively calm when I'm listening to all these thoughts, my, my body, it was printing out in my body clearly this is how you can see how much of our consciousness and our thoughts print out in our body I was literally shaking I'd called my two of my good friends who are holistic health practitioners and also mothers and just saying this has happened and um, I was racing talking so so fast I could feel just it was like I'd had a few really strong coffees And I remember, so, yeah, one of them said, you need to go get yourself this and this just to calm the nervous system down. No. And this is is why we need others in that time, to see what we can't see, to listen openly without judgment, to also know that whatever, you know, to guide you to make decisions that then serve you, not for others to tell you what to do. That's a big one. The people and your friends or whoever it is that's around you at, at these times to listen and be able to support you to that place when you make the decision. Because if there was anything that was more important to me, it was this has to be my decision. <laughs> and it's actually a question you ask when you're about to go through with this procedure. Have you, have you had any pressure to come to this decision? Is this your choice? Yes. And that's huge because I could imagine for many women it might not be. And then after that, not only was it 
the, the physical support, emotional support, but spiritually for me, it meant, you know, I can say goodbye to this little soul or being who made its way to me and say, no, it's, I'm, I'm not meant to be your mother right now. Um, but I'm sure someone else will be and they're waiting for you. And that was hugely important to go through a, a ritual that included, you know, sitting down with space when no one else was in the house with a candle, a certain crystal, you know, you can make whatever it is that speaks to you, an altar, pen and paper, write to that little soul and say, thank you for visiting, but I'm not, I'm not the one to bring you <laughs> to the earth right now. I must give my attention and my resources to my family who are here right now and to myself. And there's so much strength and gosh, what is even the word? I think to be able to, there's so much in us that I think wants to just give it all out and give to others and serve others. And okay, how much more can I do? I can do it. I'll do it. You know, and there's so much strength and awareness that is there when we actually decide to give to ourselves so that we can then provide better care and have better relationships and really just create all the love and vitality, the soma, you know, that we want to have with, with our, what, what we have going on right now, you know? And so I've, this has really been a part of my consciousness a lot in, in the last month of thinking about the intense love that we're giving to ourselves and to our families when we decide to say no. Mm. Because what would have been the consequences for me to be in more of that state, like you said, yeah, I can do it, of course, all right. Of course you can, you can do anything, especially as women, we can, sure, I can do that. But then what are the consequences? What is the, and to be able to perceive that in the moment, to go then am I physically, I'm going to be more depleted than I am now. That relationship's going to suffer. I'll have to, you know, stop this and that. But right now, you know, but by dishonoring that, I'm then creating that energetic frequency out into the world where I'm just like, yeah, I can do that, but I didn't really want to. And to live with that for the rest of my life rather than know, let's look here and know that the choices that are happening now are a result of the past, meaning my awareness and work on myself has brought me to this point where I can feel confident in making that decision and they're going to influence the future. Do I want my daughter to be able to grow up and know that whatever choice is best for her is best for her not what whatever I think whatever her future partner thinks or whatever her friends think every decision we're making now is influencing our future and our children whether you have children or not the, the 
the generation that are growing up now. Yeah, it's really powerful. It's really powerful. And it's almost like there's these two, you know, phases of that journey. There's the very conscious connecting with, you know, and, and your skills in meditation and then the ceremony that we bring in to really create a clear understanding of why the things are happening that are happening and what does it mean and what's my truth mm. what is really going on for me and then we have the healing after we've made that decision then there's kind of the it's like a it has a very different feel you know it's um yeah and it's just so beautiful to be able to hear your story of deciding to do it consciously your way and heal your body the way that you knew that it needs to be healed even before you know you had the skills that you have now you knew what to do mm -hmm. um and i just really honor that and i'm really grateful to you for sharing thank you for giving me the space to do it and and even just doing this now is um yeah, healing for me because I haven't spoken about it since the event. Um, but I was well, I think very there's ready something, to. you know, listening to you, for me, it was so clear, you know, that, and we, we talk about this too of in navigating loss and grief that, you know, it's so important to have non-directive support it's just having support that is there but that we take our own pace and we take our own path to find the truth that is ours but we're we're held while that's happening and so much of you know the processing that I was listening what, what was happening to you was it's like it becomes clearer the more that we're able to talk it through you know, when we're sitting with our own thoughts and it's like, you know, a million miles an hour and we're, you know, navigating all these like scenarios that are possible. But when we can really just connect with that and start talking it through, you know, it's almost like, you know, going through the different parts of our birth story, you know, and it's like yeah. all of a sudden it becomes like aligned when we can just be heard and given the space to do so. And that to me is, is so potent. And it's something that, you know, is a huge part of conscious caregiving, but I think we can seek that out with, with thoughtful invitations or requests. Like I need, I need a listener right now. I need mm -hmm. you friend. I need you, you know, your partner. Like there's yes. so much that becomes clear when we have that space. Yes. No matter what it is, you know, if you're feeling that pressure, whether it's to make a decision or or from an event that's happened, to know that it, it is your birthright to ask for that help and support. And like you said, talking about it, it's it is mo moving that out of your body into, <laughs> mm. into the ether and it's out. 
not yours to carry. It's not even the person that's listening. They're not, they're just, they're holding you, allowing you to do that. And like you said, that's what we do, you know, as conscious postpartum caregivers is, and I do say this to the mothers I've worked with so far, which is just such a gift. I cannot begin to tell you how heart fulfilling and feeling it is, you know, to offer that space. And I say, yep, in that first visit, you know, and if you're ready, I'm, I'm here to hold you to share that with all of those universal mother principles by being that person who's not emotionally connected to you, you know, not your partner, mother, sister. Here to support you. Here for you to have the space to process. Giving permission. Thank you, Natasha. Thank you so much. I feel like this conversation that you said earlier that there's no coincidences. For me, I use that word synchronicity all the time because I believe that things show up exactly when we need them. And I feel like this conversation showed up exactly when we needed it. So I'm really grateful to you. So welcome. Thanks, Christine. So Natasha, I'm gonna share your information and some extra links and things in our show notes. Um, but, but once again, your story to me is so important and reflective of so much that is being experienced in all of our lives right now. Mm -hmm. And um, I know that we'll be able to connect again soon, but I'm really appreciative and I honor you in your story. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you for holding the space for me to share today. That's yeah. what it's all about. Yeah. <laughs> bring something sacred to your current window of time? What do you have to offer to someone within their sacred window? We honor you for all you give and for who you are. Thank you for listening. The Sacred Window Podcast is brought to you by the Center for Sacred Window Studies. You can visit us to find out more about our online training and mentoring programs, plus resources and products for and about the sacred postpartum window at www.sacredwindowstudies.com. Editing of our podcast recordings is done by Sienna Butler, and our music is written and performed by Sarah Emmett. You can hear more of Sarah's music by visiting www.sarahemmett.bandcamp.com.